Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sagebrush Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick McNabb, here to bring you the most recent news from the Nevada Sagebrush. As always, don't forget to read all of the articles on our website to give the writers the credit that they're due, as well as in case I missed anything. With that being said, I'm your host, Patrick McNabb. You're listening to the Sagebrush Spotlight. A UNR mechanical engineering professor, Feifei Fan, has recently filed a 49-page document full of allegations of sexual slavery, assault, abuse, and misconduct. Fawn had created a GoFundMe on October 2nd in order to raise money to exclusively cover the legal expenses of the case. At the time of this article's publishing, $3,596 was raised for the goal of $100,000. At the start of the GoFundMe, the description read, quote, We need your support to seek justice for Feifei Fawn, the victim of alleged abuse, exploitation, and systemic misconduct at the University of Nevada, Reno. Fawn later added that she cannot share any more information about the case, closing the fundraiser description with, quote, My hope is that none of you will face the challenges that I've endured. I am determined to pass on my painful lessons to empower future advocates against injustice. Fawn is a 40-year-old Chinese citizen who became a permanent U.S. resident in May of 2020. Before this, Fawn studied for her master's in science and worked as a graduate student employee with an F1 student visa from 2006 to 2008. From 2015 to 2021, Fawn worked as a tenure-track assistant professor within the department. At that time, she was working on an H-1B visa until she was granted a 10-year employment-based EB-1A visa. In December of 2022, this case was filed against the Board of Regents with the court document saying, quote, For over a decade, the University of Nevada, Reno has knowingly permitted and ratified senior leadership in its mechanical engineering department to pervasively abuse, intimidate, deter, silence, dismiss, and retaliate against foreign students and junior faculty. Allegedly, the university took advantage of foreign students and junior faculty due to vulnerabilities like the legality of them staying in the U.S., their reliance on student stipend, schooling, or employment prospects, and the lack of knowledge of U.S. law and financial support to plead cases. Quote, knowing these vulnerabilities, UNR never provided training to foreign graduate students in the mechanical engineering department on Title IX, Title VI, Title VII, and relevant policies to prevent abuse and unlawful exploitation by their advisors and supervisors. UNR did not provide them with a clear reporting channel. As a consequence, foreign graduate students were not aware of their rights and how to report, the document said. The allegations also state that multiple members of the faculty left the university because of the long-term abusive culture. In 2015, the department only had five already tenured faculty members who had all been there for 20 years or more. These professors constitute the department's senior leadership. Quote, UNR and the mechanical engineering senior leadership knowingly took advantage that tenure-track faculty would not speak up in fear of fatal damages to their careers and thus felt immune, said the document. The document names Yanyo Jiang, a senior professor in the university's mechanical engineering department, as an alleged, quote, serial sexual predator and violent rapist. The case states that Zhang uses his power to exploit others in the mechanical engineering department. Before Zhang came to the U.S., he was a lecturer at the Zhejiang University of Technology in China. In 1989, he allegedly developed a romantic relationship with one of his 20-year-old undergraduate students, who he later married. Zhang arrived at the UNR mechanical engineering department in 1996, where the university, quote, failed to properly train Zhang regarding its dating violence and sexual misconduct policies. In 2005, Zhang allegedly met his wife's friend, who was Fan's undergraduate thesis advisor at the Shanghai Jiaotong University in China. From here, Fan 
Fawn was convinced to go to the U.S. to study under Zhang, who allegedly sexually harassed and assaulted Fawn. Fawn then allegedly did not know how to protect herself because the university, quote, failed to protect students and never trained foreign students on Title IX policies. In October of 2006, Zhang allegedly summoned Fawn into his office where he then raped her. August of 2019 is when Fawn brought up reporting Zhang, at which he allegedly furiously yelled at her and raised his fist. In 2020, Zhang also made death threats to Fawn. Fawn allegedly reported the acts to the department chair Petros Volgaris on January 1st of 2021. She was notified that Title IX may reach out to her about the report. In February, Jiang ordered a protection against Fawn after learning of the Title IX report. He then allegedly reported her to Title IX and filed the police report against her. After Fawn was not contacted by Title IX, she submitted a formal request to the Title IX office on January 29th of 2021. She submitted evidence of the sexual abuse, threats, defamation, and retaliation that Jiang is being accused of. Quote, the evidence included Zhang's testimony under oath made in Reno Justice Court, in which he confessed that he exploited Fawn for sex since 2006, since when he was Fawn's thesis advisor and mentor, and when he had power to vote on Fawn's tenure or not. The evidence included Zhang's text messages, in which Zhang confessed he had raped Fawn in his office in 2006, said the document. Under the lawsuit, the Nevada System of Higher Education is being sued for a total of 11 counts, those counts being trafficking with respect to forced labor, sex trafficking, deliberate indifference, hostile environment, gender discrimination, retaliation, national origin discrimination, breach of contract, negligent, grossly negligent, or reckless training, supervision and retention, and breach of duty to fawn. The university's director of marketing and communications, Kerry Hendricks, said the university is unable to comment on legal matters like this. The Nevada Sagebrush received a tip regarding the this case, which included the court document. This story was written by Nevada Sagebrush News Editor Jaden Young. On October 9th at 11.40 a.m., student and faculty received a text from the university that a fire broke out in the Harry Reid Engineering Building. The message warned students to stay away from the area as there was a heavy fire and police presence. According to UNR Police Chief Eric James, a flume caught fire on the third floor of the HRE lab and people were reporting billows of black smoke coming from the building. Quote, no injuries were reported and the fire alarm systems worked as designed, said James. At 11.49, an all-clear message was sent out as police and fire remained on scene to clean up. This story was written by Nevada Sagebrush Assistant News Editor Nick Stewart. With the conclusion of the news section, we're going to be taking a short break to catch our breath and reflect on the news. I'm your host, Patrick McNabb. You're listening to the Sagebrush Spotlight. On September 23rd, the Wolfpack traveled to San Marcos, Texas in their game against the Texas State University Bobcats. The game started promising for Nevada with a 5 minute and 33 second scoring drive. Brandon Lewis, Nevada quarterback, and Ashton Hayes led the attack, however being halted in the red zone. The Wolfpack settled with a field goal putting them up 3-0. The Nevada defense was on their A game as well with cornerback KK Meyer intercepting a pass and turning it into a 98 yard pick 6. Nevada was off to their best start of the season, leading 10-0 at the bottom of the first quarter. At the start of the second quarter, Nevada extended their lead to 17-0 after a 6-minute and 55-second drive with highlights from both Lewis and Sean Dollars, a Nevada running back. Despite Texas State poking holes through Nevada defense, they were still not able to score in this quarter, going into halftime with Nevada leading 17-0. After halftime, however, Nevada lost all of their momentum and Texas State mounted a comeback, with their first drive ending with a 25-yard passing touchdown from quarterback TJ Finley to wide receiver Joey Hobart. 
narrowing the gap 17-7. With Nevada's offense struggling, the Bobcats would score again with a 77-yard passing touchdown to Cole Wilson, another Bobcats wide receiver. After this, Dollars would make a 20-yard run for Nevada, which would show no avail as the ball would be fumbled by running back Cross Patton, giving the ball back to Texas State. Texas State's running back Ismail Mahdi would run 48 yards and put the ball in the end zone, the first time all game Nevada was behind. With 12 minutes and 17 seconds left in the game, the Bobcats would go on to score two more touchdowns, both ran in by Mahdi, extending their lead to 35-17. Nevada did score a touchdown with less than a minute left in the game, but there was no time to change the tides. The game finished with a score of 35-24 with a Nevada loss. After this game, Nevada's record went to zero wins and four losses. This story was written by Nevada Sagebrush volunteer sports reporter James Wolfgang Perez. The Nevada women's soccer team traveled to Laramie, Wyoming on September 24th to face the University of Wyoming in their second conference game of the year. The first half of the game was very aggressive, with the Wolfpack tallying eight fouls and one yellow card on Nevada defender Lauren Muff. Meanwhile, Wyoming totaled 13 fouls. Neither team scored in the first 40 minutes of the game, but Wyoming had four shots on goal and Nevada had three. The second half of the game proved to be even more hostile, with Wyoming adding another 16 fouls. Muff received a second yellow card and was thrown off the pitch 61 minutes into the game. Despite being one player down, Nevada did not let up. Nevada defender Gabby Brown scored on a near-perfect penalty kick against Wyoming goaltender Haley Bartell. By the end of the game, the ball never touched the back of Nevada's net, giving the Wolfpack a 1-0 victory. This story was written by Nevada Sagebrush volunteer sports reporter Lily Walker. There are no new arts and entertainment stories this week. Be sure to check back next week for more from our arts and entertainment editor, Peregrine Hart. And that's going to bring this episode of the Sagebrush Spotlight to a close. Again, don't forget to read all of the articles on our website to give the writers the credit that they're due. Make sure to follow the Nevada Sagebrush on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Nevada Sagebrush, as well as following me on Instagram at Patrick.McNab and Twitter at PatrickMcNab underscore. The next episode of the Sagebrush Spotlight will be out next Friday, October 20th. This week's Song of the Week is... Now and Then by Willis. I've been your host, Patrick McNabb. Thanks for listening to the Sagebrush Spotlight. See ya.